2: Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that you will take this obligation freely, without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you are about to enter? So help you God. Congratulations! You are now
3: members of the 114th Congress. How is this playing in Peoria, Illinois? I want to read from an editorial in the February 28th edition of the Peoria Journal Star, and I quote, The most worthless Congress in memory became more so last week, with Senate Republicans doubling down on their decision not even to hold hearings for any Obama nominee to the U.S. Supreme Court to fill the Scalia vacancy. They went on to say, Even as awful as Congress is, it's not often that its members Combined dereliction of constitutional duty, see Article 2, Section 2, with political cravenness, the aversion to tough decisions in an election year, in one fell swoop. So Senate Republicans have done this here. Not only have they unconstitutionally changed a president's term from four years to three years, not only are they renouncing their advice and consent rule, not only are they effectively suggesting the Constitution be amended to popularly elect Supreme Court justices, but even more lame are the lengths the Republicans went to in order to rationalize their decision. No more excuses. The Senate Judiciary Committee and the Senate, we are all aware of the discontent of the American electorate. It's obvious. And those of us who practice the craft of politics can see it and feel it in the elections and in the campaigns. And the obvious question is, what will we do about it? Each party has policy answers to the discontent of the electorate. They're much different. But there is one fundamental thing which we believe, uh, on the Democratic side, needs to be part of this equation, restoring the trust of American voters in democracy, and that is maximum legal participation in the democratic process. We believe that giving people an opportunity to vote an opportunity to register and to vote is the best way for them to exercise their democratic options, their democratic rights, and be part of a process that changes the government uh, in years to come. The other party sees it quite differently. And you notice in state legislation, even in some efforts at the federal level, efforts to restrict the opportunities and access to vote. Those, I think, are wrong headed. None of us will ever condone those who are not legally qualified to vote actually voting. We want to stop them, whatever party they belong to. But by imposing new requirements and restrictions on access to registration and voting, there is a conscious effort by the other party to restrict the exercise of the vote by the electorate. That is wrong headed.
1: Hello, America, and if you are wondering what all the excitement is about here at AJC Radio, we got a couple of words to share with you, but we start with the honorable Senator Dick Durbin. Tonight, the scorpion of Capitol Hill, the whip of the Democratic Party. Folks, this is a humdinger if you're talking about the cream of the crop, the best, the top, We start right now on AJC Radio, Spotlight on Capitol Hill, as we spotlight the legend, Senator Dick Durbin. Hang on, folks. Takeoff happens right now. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program tonight, and we are pumped up here at AJC Radio, as we have had the opportunity coming to you tonight. Uh... AJC Radio takes a trip to the nation's capital and talking to Senator Dick Durbin and a man that is making a difference. And I'll tell you, he—you remember the uh, Cliff? We we maybe the movie we used to we used to see called Walking Tall. And there was one thing about that movie; he wasn't the one to mess with in that movie.
3: That's right. Your
1: thoughts so, on Senator Durbin after our exclusive one-on-one interview with him in DC?
4: Yeah, uh Senator Durbin, I mean, you if you ever had the pleasure to get into his office, everything that it takes to get in there, uh, you know, in the in the you know, the Congress the Capitol building, and you know, up on his wall he has uh mounted what is called a whip scorpion. And uh Senator Durbin is a Scorpio, his democratic whip. So that's who he is, the whip scorpion. And this thing is uh I mean it is a beast when it comes to, you know, uh Dylan with protecting its territory, and that's what, uh, you know, Senator Durbin does. He is about protecting his territory. His, his territory is the American people, the United States of America and the Constitution thereof, and he is ferocious when it comes to protecting those two things. And you know what? The scorpion may look a certain way,
1: but I dare you to walk up on them in any desert. Uh, folks, horses and camels go running uh, when they see these things come around. Folks, this is going to be a good one Uh, And, again, I'm Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and Dennis Merritt. We are excited. Call your family, your friends, uh, your aunts, your uncles, whoever's involved, maybe at the house for a little get-together tonight. Uh, Pull up the computer, folks, and get ready or pick up the phone, because tonight we become patriotic here in this U.S. of A. as we continue to spotlight on Capitol Hill. And, again, a legend, Senator Dick Durbin. Lisa, the disclaimer for the folks.
0: Yes, we'd just like to ri- remind everyone that we are not attorneys and that a just cause does not provide any legal advice. You want to contact your personal legal advisor for all of your legal needs. Also, the opinions expressed by callers and guests do not necessarily reflect that of a just cause or AJC radio. And as always, we want to thank you for tuning to choose in I'm sorry, for choosing to tune in and spend some time with us this evening.
1: And thank you for that, Lisa. Uh, and I'll tell you, good things are happening. Folks we will encourage you to call in tonight to three four seven eight three eight 8976-348 uh, excuse me, three four seven eight three eight eight nine seven six. we encourage you to call tonight and get involved with the discussion uh, it's going to be a good one and uh, we're looking forward to it and uh, folks, on the other side of this break we're not even going to delay this tonight in a few moments we're going to speak to one major issue and that's spotlight on Capitol Hill as we honor the scorpion of our nation's capital and, and of the Democratic Party the minority whip, Senator Dick. Folks, don't go nowhere because it's just getting started. We'll be right back right after this.
2: We have a big problem.
5: And we need your help.
6: It's happening on college campuses, at bars, at parties, even in high schools. It's happening to our sisters
5: and our daughters.
3: Our wives and our friends. It's
6: called sexual assault. And it has to stop we have to stop it so listen up
3: if she doesn't consent
2: or if she can't consent it's rape it's assault
3: it's a crime it's wrong if I saw it happening I was taught you have to do
2: something about it if I saw it happening I speak up if I saw it happening I'd never blame her I'd help her because I don't want to be a part of the problem I want to be
7: a part of the solution
2: We need all of you to be part of the solution. This is about respect. It's about responsibility. It's up to all of us to put an end to sexual assault. And that starts with you. Because one is too many.
1: Do you have a big brother? Well, I have a big brother, and I'm pretty sure that you and I experience some of the same things with a big brother. Big brothers will always be big brothers, right? I'm sure you'll agree. Well, my brother gets up in the morning. He takes a shower, heads to work, and at some point during the day, he's going to exercise and get that workout, as we all do. And, of course, depending on what's going on, he's going to sit down for two or three meals during the course of his day. And also, depending on what else is going on, he'll probably get caught up on current events. And maybe take a few moments to turn a page in a book. How about your big brother? Some of the same stuff, right? Oh, did I mention that my big brother does all of that stuff? But he actually has to have permission a lot of times before he can do it. You see, my big brother was wrongfully convicted of a crime that he did not commit. That's right. That may sound shocking, huh? He's in prison. Wrongful convictions impact families in ways you cannot begin to imagine. But I've decided that I'm going to do something about it. And I extend an invitation to you to come on board and join me in this fight. You see, I'm helping to be a voice for my big brother and others who have been wrongfully convicted. We'd like you to take a few moments today and call a just cause, where we fight for justice. You can call us toll free at 1-855-529-4252. That's 1-855-529-4252. Join with us as we fight for justice and for all big brothers across the land.
0: Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a Just Cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a Just Cause at 855 855- or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A just cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen of America. This is AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill. And I'll tell you, folks, tonight, there's an excitement and a energy of electricity in the studio. Well, you want to know what that is? Why can't I feel that where I'm at? Well, I'll tell you, as long as you stay tuned to AJC Radio tonight, that energy will transfer. We're talking about a legend on Capitol Hill known as the Scorpion, the Minority Whip, if you will, Doing some things in Washington that is making a difference. And uh, we're talking about Senator Dick Durbin, uh, a man that is for the people in every way you can possibly think of. And tonight we get ready to address the issues that Senator Durbin, we're going to be bringing you a little later in the program, uh, the exclusive one-on-one interview Senator Durbin gave, AJC Radio. And Lisa, uh, that uh, interview with the congressman was outstanding. And I'll tell you, it'll make you patriotic, it'll make you optimistic, it'll make you get chills uh, going up your spine as he began to talk about
0: the necessary things that this nation needs to address. Absolutely. He's very much, yeah, he's got some things that he really feels needs to be done, and I'm I'm in agreement with him 100% on what he thinks is important and what he thinks needs to be focused on in this country.
1: Well, I'll tell you right now, folks, he's not the minority whip for nothing. Uh, He is in that position because he's trusted and he is a leader. And he is not a leader by by uh, what he says, but by, by what he does. And we're going to dig into all of that tonight. And I'll tell you, folks, uh, feel free to call into the conversation tonight. We're talking 347-838-8976. And I'll tell you, uh, the new bill, uh, Lisa, Cliff, and Dennis, that we were talking about that just passed, uh, waiting on the signature of the president, uh, the Recidivism and Corrections and Recidivism Act. Uh, And basically that particular bill came into play from a true bipartisan effort, uh, Dennis, that that brought people together the other side of the aisle, and uh, Senator Durbin had some things to say about that and the point of trying to bring that measure together.
3: Let's see what he had to say. We were there to announce what we think is an historic achievement, an historic agreement. We've been working now for years, literally for years, on both sides of the aisle to make significant, meaningful sentencing, criminal sentencing reform, and reform to the correction system of the United States of America. On that stage, from Mike Lee to Pat Leahy and Dick Durbin, was the entire political spectrum of the Senate. And within that spectrum, a lot of differences of opinion. There were times a year ago when I didn't think that meeting and that announcement would ever take place. But today we came together on a bipartisan basis to announce that we had reached an agreement, an historic agreement, on the Sentencing Reform and Corrections Act of 2015. We knew we had a problem in America, a problem of incarceration. A nation with 5% of the world's population has 25% of the world's prison population. What is going on in America? Why are so many people in prison? And has it made us any safer? We asked those hard questions and came up with, we think, a good reply, good response. We took a category of crime, drug offenses, that does not involve violence or a gun or gang activity, and said, we are going to give to the judge in that case, that category of cases, more flexibility when it comes to sentencing. The mandatory minimum requirements can be changed by the judge based on the defendant before him, the crime that they committed, and what that judge believes to be the best for our society. It's such a change. For the longest time, years and decades, our goal was to incarcerate as many as possible and we did. Some of them for extraordinarily unfair and unjust periods of time.
1: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You hear the senator speaking to the importance of criminal justice reform. Uh, and he, Dennis, when you hear him talk, there's a there's a sincerity about the senator that stands out to me. Your thoughts on what you're hearing from the senator thus far?
2: Oh, so far, I truly agree. Uh, Sentencing Reform Act. I mean, that's that's big, and to get uh, get people from the other other side of the aisles, you know, senators to come together and say, you know what, we have a problem in our justice system, and that's our uh, our sentences, how we sentence people based on different crimes or or situations. But I tell you, from what I've heard so far, oh yeah, he he's, he's doing a good job, and I think that this here alone speaks loud, speaks volumes about, you know, his concern that our justice system needs, you know, some type of overhaul, some type of intervention, and I'm glad he did that.
1: Absolutely. And uh, Senator Dick Durbin, Democrat from Springfield, Illinois, is the 47th U.S. Senator from the state of Illinois. The state's senior senator and the converter of Illinois' bipartisan congressional delegation Durbin also serves. Senator Durbin also serves as the Assistant Democratic Leader, the second highest-ranking position among the Senate Democrats. He's also known as the Minority Whip. Senator Durbin has been elected to this leadership post by his Democratic colleagues every two years since 2005. Wow,
4: that's impressive,
1: Cliff. When you hear that,
4: that speaks volumes. That that speaks extreme. I mean, what that says that okay. His colleagues. These aren't these aren't just uh, you know per se the voters that in his district. These are his colleagues. These are the people in Congress who look at him and say, "What has he voted on? What has been his track record? What is it that he has done? What has he accomplished during the time that he's been in Congress?" And you're, every two years, they come to the table and say, "You know what? We still need this man Dick Durbin because he's getting things done." It, when you get voted in every two years, that like you said, that speaks volumes to who you are as far as your character, your leadership, uh, your accomplishments, that your colleagues say he's getting it done. There's there's no need to replace it. No. He is handling business. And the way he does that, I mean, listen to the previous clip where he was talking about sentencing reform. One statement stood out to me. Uh, he said that when when they looked at the sentences for, for the uh, nonviolent crimes, He said that they came to the conclusion on both sides of the aisle that they were extremely unfair and unjust lengths of time that these people were serving for these crimes. Uh, Again, it goes to the common sense reproach. Do you put a man in prison for 20 years because he had a marijuana joint, because he had a gram of crack cocaine instead of a gram of, of powder cocaine? You bring it back to common sense and says, you know what? That that's not just and he he lays it on the table and his honesty about it, that not only, you know, some say, well, we made a mistake. Uh, you know, we need to reform. He said this is unfair and it's unjust to put a person in prison for this type of crime. We need to revamp the, the system. Well, look, Senator Durbin does not mix his words.
1: Oh,
7: no uh, doubt.
1: and th- now take this, folks, and, and just go here with me. If all of his colleagues, because for this position, the second highest ranking member of the Democratic Party, to be voted in that position every two years by his colleagues, that means every representative from the state in the United States, basically, because they speak for the people. Now, think about this the entire United States of America believes Senator Durbin is a leader in our country. Yes. Now, That's the bottom line. If my representative voted for him to be in that position, Colorado has voted for Senator Durbin. New Orleans, Orleans, Louisiana has voted for Senator Durbin. Texas has voted for Senator Durbin. What does that tell you? It tells you one very clear thing. Senator Durbin is a leader by example. And every two years since 2005, they have put him in that position. Uh, Senator Durbin elected to the U.S. Senate on November 5, 1996, and was reelected in 2002, 2008, and 2014. Senator Durbin fills the seat left vacant by the retirement of his longtime friend and mentor, U.S. Senator Paul Simon. Uh, Senator Durbin also sits on the Senate Judiciary Appropriations and Rules Committees. He is ranking member of the Judiciary Committee's Subcommittee on the Constitution and the Appropriations Committee's Defense Subcommittee. Senator Durbin makes approximately 50 round trips a year between Washington and Illinois. He is married to Loretta Schaefer Durbin. Their family consists of three children, Christine, who is, who is deceased, Paul and Jennifer, as well as three grandchildren, Alex, Ona, and Floyd, which all reside in Springfield. I'll tell you right now, folks, when you talk to Senator Durbin, as we had the privilege Uh, uh, And we're going to bring that interview for you here in about 10 minutes. When you talk to Senator Durbin, Lisa, we we found what we call the human side of our Congress.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Uh, The human spirit of of our legislative leaders. He is a true demonstration of that. Um, Very, very gracious to us, his staff. We give a shout out to them tonight. Yes. uh, To Ben. Um, and and all the folks that made it possible for us to uh, have an opportunity to talk to Senator Durbin. just it Collectively, you know what, it takes everybody working together, Lisa.
0: It does. Ma- you know what, one of the things that stood out to me about Senator Durbin was one of the things that Bennett told us when we first met with him and why uh, the senator decided to stay a little longer. Uh, he felt hmm. like he was getting up there in age, but he felt like he wanted to stay a little longer because there were a couple of things that he felt like needed to be done before he could leave. And it, were, it was things that were important to the American people, things that are of dire urgency and importance, the criminal justice system and the health care system. He felt like those things needed to be addressed and need to be dealt with and in place and in order and ready to go before he could. Take a rest before he could go ahead and say, "I've done enough. I've done what I needed to do." He feels like he hasn't completed what he was there to do, and so he's he wanted to stay to get those things done. And I think that just shows tremendous resolve to say, "I'm not going to stop until I've completed what I feel I need to do
4: here." And you know what? Um, that's absolutely truly so. Because you look at uh, what he what he has done since he's been in Congress, and. Uh, Senator Durbin became the founding chairman, like Lamont said earlier, of the Senate Judiciary Committee's Subcommittee on on Human Rights and the Law. And this is the first standing body of the Senate that's focused solely on human rights. And they founded that in 2007. And in 2011, that subcommittee's jurisdiction expanded to include constitutional on Civil Rights Issues. And it got renamed to the Subcommittee on the Constitution, Civil Rights, and Human Rights. And as chairman... Senator Durbin convened hearings and worked with colleagues to modernize human rights laws, examine human rights abuses in our criminal justice system. Now, what Senator says, I am going to examine the human rights abuses. First, to examine the human rights abuses in the, justice, in, the, uh, in the criminal justice system, you have to admit and deal with the fact that there are abuses in the criminal justice system in America. Most people want to, you know, they want to smooth that over. They want to sugarcoat it. No, he did. He dealt with it and said, this subcommittee is going to deal with that. And we're going to examine it and talk about changing because there is abuse in the system. And my point is, you have to put that on the table. You have to first admit, this is the elephant in the room. How are we going to get rid of him? How are we going to deal with the fact that our, that the prisoners are being abused and he, it, it shows uh, – His level of civil rights activism that you may be a prisoner, you may have committed crime, but you are still human and a citizen of these United States of America.
1: Uh, That's just awesome, uh, uh, Cliff. It it, it speaks to the the spirit of Senator Durbin, is what it does. Uh, uh, That's on the judiciary, is what you were sharing with the people. Uh, But as the being on the Appropriations Committee, another committee, Senator Durbin is the first Illinois senator in more than a quarter of a century to serve on the powerful Senate Appropriations Committee, a position that allows him to advocate for federal priorities important to Illinois. In his service with the committee, he has helped secure funding for everything from veterans care and schools to highways and health care clinics. In 2013 and 2014, Senator Durbin served as chairman of the Appropriations Committee's subcommittee on defense and today is the subcommittee's ranking democrat the defense appropriation subcommittee controls nearly half of the nation's annual discretionary budget uh, and is important for illinois home to naval station great lakes the rock island arsenal and scott air force base uh these these are major uh, positions and dennis as you've been a a veteran uh and we salute you for that and thank you for your service when you hear that that senator durbin is doing what he's doing and holds a position as we speak about the character, the, uh, the human spirit, if you will. I think our veterans are in good hands in a situation like that. Your thoughts?
2: Oh, exactly. Uh, I was just reading uh, some of the, the, the verbiage that he used. He said, I led the charge for an increase in combat pay and the family separation allowance for deployed men and women. I also led the efforts on reservists' pay so that federal employees who served in the Guard or Reserve are compensated for lost income when mobilized, and people don't understand that uh, the soldiers and our military period. It's not like they they make a lot of money, but you know to say yeah we need to raise we need to give them more when they're in a combat environment when their lives are at stake, and then not only for them, but the the separation pay that 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 separation comes when there's separated from their, uh, their their wives, from their families. But I tell you, supporting our troops, that's a major issue. Veterans' health care, major issue. But it looks like uh, Senator Durbin is uh, on top of both of those issues.
1: Oh, without question. And it, it, it gives you a nice feeling. And um, ladies and gentlemen, when we say Senator Durbin is not uh, the norm, if you will, But he's doing things to influence. We talk about this all the time on this program. Spotlight on Capitol Hill is about one thing. Show the American people what our elected officials are doing. If you turn on the news these days, you think what in the world is going on with our elected and our potentially elected officials? But Spotlight on Capitol Hill dismisses that. To say, wait a minute, don't judge a book by its cover. And don't judge, don't make a judgment based upon a perception, because the elected officials that we send to Capitol Hill are really, really doing something. Um, Some of Senator Durbin's accomplishments, uh, uh, the author of landmark legislation to ban smoking on commercial airline flights. Senator Durbin has worked in the Senate to protect children from the harm caused by tobacco And for his work, he was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award by the American Lung Association. Recently, Senator Durbin was an active participant in a 16-month debate about health insurance reform. With Senator Durbin's help, Congress passed and the President signed into law landmark legislation to bring costs under control, extend access to affordable health insurance to those without insurance, and to make sure that folks have a fighting chance against insurance companies that turn them down when they need help the most and make sure Medicare is strong for years to come. Among his other health achievements, Senator Durbin has worked successfully for increased federal funding to prevent childhood asthma, increase uh, immunizations, and expand medical research. He has successfully fought to increase the share of federal funding dedicated to combating AIDS worldwide. He has also been a leader in promoting organ and tissue donation, In the spring of 2004, Senator Durbin put forth a plan to give small businesses affordable choices among private health insurance plans and expand access to coverage for their employees. I mean, if this is not a senator for the people, I don't know what is. And these are life-altering situations that Senator Durbin uh, is involving himself in. And to go back, uh, Cliff, when he talks about the legislation to ban smoking on airline flights to protect children, and uh, he's worked to uh, – he has to do his homework. And we said before, Lisa and Cliff and Dennis, on this program, have something invested with their own children to say that we have to do something. We have to make a difference. We have to take those steps. And the fact that smoking has been banned on all commercial flights is a federal crime. You can't do it. And you can't make with you can't mess with any smoking uh alert devices on airlines. We've traveled enough Lisa to, and Cliff to hear uh, that statement. Uh what a, what a what a magnificent uh man is Senator Durbin that is doing things that affect us today and we never know whose footprint is on that legislation, but we know right now,
4: don't we? Oh yes, yeah. We do. Absolutely. And it what it what it says is that, you know, he's put himself uh, you know, in the shoes of the American people To say, if this were me This is how I would want my child Protected, this is how I would want My family uh, taken care of It's not just about the vote It's not just about, uh, you know Keeping the position uh, Doing the politically correct thing It is about, you know, if this were my kid And this happened to them What would I want a senator to do What what action would I want Congress To take to ensure the safety of my children, and that's what he does uh, when it when it comes to to all of uh, of the American people is to say, what would I want done if this were to affect me? And that is how he goes about with his legislation. I mean, he's passionate about it. Uh, he takes a common step, repro- a uh, common sense reproach uh, approach. I'm sorry, and just says, you know, these are the things that need to be done, and he puts forth every effort to get the right things done.
1: And, Dennis, uh, when you think about that as well, uh, you know, our children are our future. Yes, There's no way around that, and there's no way to get away from that. When you see a senator, as Senator Durbin is doing, he is setting the pathway for tomorrow's America. And I don't think people really – I need people out there to really get a hold of that. It's not about just today. This is about Senator Durbin's children. Your children, America's children, their children, and Senator Durbin says we must protect America. Not only today, when I'm long gone, laying the foundation of what what it means to be an American, what it means to be in America, what it means to have democracy and freedom. These are the things that we talk about. These are the things that make a difference. I tell you, folks, Senator Durbin, the whip, the Scorpion Cliff. Uh, He's doing some things that is impacting. We're talking about a tsunami impact on a nation. Ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. In a moment, we come back with the exclusive interview with Senator Dick Durbin. You don't want to miss it. Grab something, won't you? And get ready for a good evening with us as Senator Dick Durbin is spotlighted tonight on Spotlight on Capitol Hill. We're coming right back with that interview. Don't go nowhere.
3: and rehabilitation costs less and can turn lives around. It's time for fear justice. It's time for smart justice. And we need your help.
2: To change
0: the face of justice. Did you know that minority and youth participation in juries is extremely low to non-existent?
6: The incidents of youth and minority offenders faced with trials have exploded. Youth and minorities are not being represented as they should be. We must represent for people to get fair trials. If you acquire a state ID or driver's license, it allows you to register to vote. And it allows you to become eligible for jury service.
1: Ladies and gentlemen of America, it is that time of year again. Let's Talk kicks off Tuesday, March 15th at 7 p.m. at 451 Windshine Place, sponsored by Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. We will be featuring Michelle Newell, Deputy Public Defender, right here in El Paso County. She will be addressing mass incarceration, criminal justice reform, judicial accountability, and one of her passions, treating versus jailing the mentally ill. Folks, this is something you don't want to miss. Give us a call, 855-529-4252, extension 710. Folks, Let's Talk kicks off now. We'll see you there.
2: History is important because it shows where you're coming from and where you're going.
4: Type 2 diabetes is something that runs in my family, which means I'm at risk. In fact, one in three American adults are at risk for developing
2: type 2 diabetes. And knowing this, if I do nothing, that family history becomes my family's future. And my family is too important to me for that. Take the risk factor assessment today at AskGreenNo.com
1: And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen of America. This is AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. And, folks, we are excited. And uh, you want to know why? We keep telling them, Dennis, Cliff, Lisa, what is the excitement? Well, tonight, Senator Dick Durbin, the minority whip in Congress, we have been blown away tonight, Dennis, by this man. And we're very short into this show. And uh, I'll tell you, it gives you a good feeling, doesn't it?
2: Oh, great feeling! Lots, a lot to talk about. This man is very busy, and uh, senators have to be busy when it comes to their constituents. I mean, we got to do the right thing, and he's doing that.
1: He's definitely doing that. And folks, later on in this program, uh, we're going to bring some more clips that we have of the senator doing things in Illinois, doing things in Washington, motivating a people and a nation to change. And uh, that's just some awesome stuff. And uh, folks, again, you know, get ready. We're getting ready to bring that interview interview to you right now. Uh, Grab maybe a beverage, something to drink, some hot coffee, cappuccino, whatever, relaxes you for a good moment, because that good moment starts right now. Senator Dick Durbin, our exclusive one-on-one interview here on AJC Radio. Good morning, Senator Durbin. How are you today? I'm good. good. We understand uh, the madness of Washington, and uh, we understand you're crazy busy, but we appreciate you uh, sure. taking time to meet with us. Uh uh, and uh, Senator Durbin, uh, as you know, uh, after meeting with Ben in Washington, D.C. a few weeks ago or a month ago, I think it was, uh, setting, this, setting this initiative up of Spotlight on Capitol Hill, uh, we have found uh, huge reviews in a very positive way that our purpose was to shine the light in a positive manner, if you will, on members of Congress uh, and, the, and the United States Senate and those folks that are doing things, really, that are trying to make a difference in this, in this country of ours. And uh, we saw that you were definitely fitting the mold of champions up there on Capitol Hill. We wanted to take an opportunity to honor you, and, you. And, and
3: give us the opportunity to
1: share your vision with America.
3: Well, I can tell you that um, I, I'm doing my best uh, to make this a more just system. And uh, as I look at it, the discrimination in our criminal justice system against people of color is very obvious. Uh, I can recall over 25 years ago when we passed in the House of Representatives a new sentencing standard for crack cocaine. It was a brand-new narcotic, and we were scared to death. It was addictive, it was cheap, it was uh, damaging to um, women who were carrying babies. And we put in a change in the sentencing law that said that we would sentence people caught with crack cocaine 100 times more than those caught with powder cocaine. And that was supposed to stop crack cocaine in its tracks. Well, it didn't stop crack cocaine, but it started filling our prisons. Uh, with African Americans uh, who were being sentenced to extremely long sentences. Uh, and it was a terrible miscarriage of justice. And it went on for decades. And so I introduced a bill a few years ago to bring it back down one-to-one, crack the powder. And I had to bargain with the Republicans on the other side to get something through. We finally compromised. We came down from 100-to-one to 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 18-to-one. President Obama signed that into law. The net result was that thousands of people imprisoned for crack cocaine sentences uh, were eligible uh, to be released. And those in the future would not be facing these long sentences. After that, I thought, You've got to do more. This criminal justice uh, issue and sentencing goes way beyond crack cocaine. It goes Mm -hmm. to those who are selling drugs, period, whatever those drugs may be. And so now I have a new criminal justice reform bill that tries to address the thousands that face mandatory minimum sentencing in federal law. Chuck Grassley, uh, conservative Republican, Iowa, is the senator who is my co-sponsor. We have a chance. Well, that's awesome,
1: uh, Senator Durbin. We had the opportunity and the privilege of interviewing uh, Congressman uh, Senator, Senator Grassley. Grassley, excuse me, uh, on these issues, and he was very uh, forthcoming uh, in the bipartisan uh, way things are happening in regards to these issues that you that you spell out for us today. And I had a question for you, Senator. Now, as you said, the criminal justice system we've seen a huge disparity uh, in not only in the sentencing. Uh, We are now seeing judges who are on the bench that we find that the disparity, if you will, and the racial disparities now are creeping in on the bench, where judges are making and forming conclusions, coming to conclusions to to sentence African-American defendants to longer sentences and minority defendants to longer sentences versus white uh, defendants. Uh, In your opinion, as you said, this is a broad, broad problem. Uh, how do we address those issues as well as far as the ethics and the uh, integrity of our court system to make that better?
3: That, that is really a key question, and it's a key uh, issue. I can't tell you how many times I've asked men and women coming before us uh, who want to be appointed as federal judges basic questions. If we know in America that the number of African Americans is roughly equivalent Uh, the percentage, I should say, of African-Americans is roughly equivalent to white Americans or other Americans when it comes to the use or sale of drugs. How do we explain then that the number who will be incarcerated, found guilty, prosecuted, incarcerated, is three or four times that when it comes to African-Americans and Hispanics for that matter? And they don't have an answer for it. And there is no good answer other than the fact the system is not working as it should. It is not just the judges. It is... uh, Police, law enforcement, prosecutors, they have to acknowledge this, too. We are all part of that same conversation. What I talked to you about earlier was a failing of Congress and a previous president and signing into law an unfair law. So everybody shares in this responsibility, from the president, from Congress, law enforcement, prosecutors, and judges, all the way through. And here's what it comes down to. If we are truly going to reach a point where... uh, our system of justice is blind to your color or econ- economic circumstance in life then we've got to look at the reality who's in prison today and realize some of those people are there for the wrong reasons for longer sentences than they ever should have been sent into let me tell you a quick story elton mills elton mills 46 years old chicago illinois never in jail one day in his life was caught twice selling narcotics, given probation. The third time he was caught, it was a three strikes and you're out federal offense. He was sentenced to life in prison at age 24. Never had served a day in jail in his life. And he made a mistake for sure, but a life sentence? His sentence was commuted last December by President Obama. After 22 years of serving, and it's just an indication of a miscarriage of justice that we have to be very honest and open about.
1: It. No, absolutely, Senator. And and these are things that uh, the American people are concerned about. And 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 a couple of I'll, I'll ask this question, but I'll frame it this way: well, This is an election year, of course. Everything is uh, in an uproar, if you will, uh, as we see the candidates, we see the we hear the conversations, and the the, the division in this country right now. Racial divisions right now, whether you start with Eric Gardner in New York City being choked to death by police officers, as you alluded to, that there's responsibility everywhere. How do we heal the urban communities, the African American and minority communities, and building that trust with law enforcement again as we stand uh, at a point now in America that, you know, transferring of power is getting ready to happen in, our, in, in the White House? And then we have seats coming up in Congress. And the American people, honestly, have some fears. Where are we going from here? Uh, Senator, how do we mend those fences? Because, like you said, it starts from the police, and it works its way all the way up as far as trust and believing in the system
3: again. First, we have to be honest and admit we have a problem, and we do. What happened in the city of Chicago with a young man named Laquan McDonald, who was gunned down in the street, with the suspicion he was carrying a small knife and then shot 15 more times while he was on the pavement and killed Uh, was uh, a heartbreaking and stunning uh, video that was shown over and over and over again. It clearly was the wrong thing from the start to have him treated that way. Uh, And What we are going through now is a soul searching and an investigation by the Department of Justice uh, about our police department and our system of justice in the city of chicago it's happened in seattle it's happened in other cities and we've got to be honest about it i believe the vast majority of men and women in uniform and law enforcement are professional good people they are not racist uh, and they are risking their lives for us every single day but there are some in the ranks who clearly are breaking the law and there are some who are trying to cover for them and there's no excuse for those things. Now here's here's what I think we have to face. We've got to face the reality too that there is serious crime. In the city of Chicago, which I love, has given me the chance to represent them in the Senate. We have a serious murder problem. Guns everywhere. Killings on the street. It is a violent atmosphere and environment in this wonderful city and it has to come to an end. The way it comes to an end is when people in the community trust law enforcement to come forward and say, we're going to help you put an end to this. Right now, that trust isn't where it needs to be. We've got to do better.
1: No, absolutely, Senator. And I was looking over some of your accomplishments there uh, in, in, in Congress, and uh, very passionate, Senator Durbin, you are on improving health care. Uh, I read the story where uh, your priorities uh, led, uh, I guess, uh, consumer protection uh, was something that was very a high priority to you. Uh, that that came from a mother of a Chicago six-year-old who died after eating contaminated hamburger. Uh, yeah. It ended up losing his life, and and we commend you, Senator Durbin. You seem very much involved, really, to the needs of the of the people, which is that's just awesome to me. And. The efforts that you take, uh, I think the American people can relate to. And I think that is what's so wonderful about Spotlight is to bring to the attention of the American people that Senator Durbin is doing something up there. And, and you're motivated by
3: life-changing situations. Well, what- thank you for that. But you, I can tell you, many of the things that I've done have been a part of my life. My wife and I got married when we were young. She was 21. I was 22. God sent us a little baby girl who had some serious health issues, and we had no health insurance. I sat over there in the charity ward at Children's Hospital in Washington, D.C. as a law student with a number in my hand, waiting to see which doctor would walk through the door. I never felt more helpless in my life. I never felt more inadequate as a father that I wasn't doing a better job to get the very best medical care for my daughter. And I remembered that. And when President Obama said, we gotta give health insurance to everybody, I said, I'm in for that. Uh, I'll never forget my life experience. You talked about this young lady who wrote me a postcard and said, I, my, I just lost my son to contaminated hamburger from a local grocery store. What can we do to make food safer? Those things touch my heart. I remember when I was getting into this business, people said, you know, folks who got a lot of money also have lawyers and lobbyists. But the people who don't have any money, the folks that are just struggling to get by every single day, they don't have any lawyer or lobbyist. Are you going to be that person when you get elected to the House or the Senate? Well, I've tried to. I've tried to be that person that they can come to even if they don't have a lot of money. That's awesome.
1: Uh, I mean, that is just – that gives me chills, Senator Durbin, because you know what? It is that type of attitude that makes a difference and really creates the foundation of America, not only for today but tomorrow, and for our children and for their children. I think that's absolutely awesome. Lisa, uh, we don't hear this too often. No,
0: we don't. I mean, it's his, uh, Senator Derman, your concern for American people is just it's astounding. It's really it's admirable because not everyone feels and cares for the people of this country. Not everyone who's run for, for an office, for a, a public office, cares about the people. Some of them are doing it for themselves, but you're truly, genuinely concerned about the American people.
3: Well, I can tell you that um, I'm honored to represent a great state like Illinois. And the more I get to know people and know their struggles, I mean, it, it really there are opportunities here. I have opportunities as a senator, which the average person doesn't have. You know, I, I think of a, a disabled vet who came back from um, from Iraq, and the, the poor fellow uh, was a quadriplegic. He could barely get by. And his family came to me. He, he actually lived in another state. And the family came to me and said, you know, we'd like to t- take care for Eric here in our home, but we need a helping hand. And so... You know, I introduced a bill, it was actually a bill that got started by Senator Hillary Clinton when she was in here in the Senate. And it said that parents and families ought to be caregivers for disabled vets at home, and we'll give them a helping hand to do that. Well, the bill passed, became law. There are 14,000 of them across America. And that means that for those disabled vets, they can be exactly where they want to be in their home with their family instead of in a hospital or a nursing home. Uh, And it's an example. We owe it to our vets for sure, but we need to be sensitive uh, to folks uh, in so many other areas. I know you're following what's going on in Flint, Michigan now, and just to show you, I'm not the only one around here who's, who's trying to serve a lot of these needs. Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan and Senator Gary Peters of Michigan, they have made a point of stopping the business of the Senate for two weeks to make sure we do something for the people of Flint, Michigan. And when you look at this, you know, I can't believe this as I look at this and read this story. And the question I've been asking is, who's going to go to jail for poisoning 9,000 children? And that is exactly what happened at Flint, Michigan. But Stabbing Out Peters, those two senators in Michigan stepped up and said, we are not going to let the Senate go into business as usual. We're going to help these people out. And they're very close. We're going to get a vote on that next week. Oh, that's awesome. And
1: and to your point, Senator Durbin, we have – tonight we'll be honoring actually uh, Congresswoman uh, Sheila Jackson-Lee, uh from texas who this has been very vocal about flint uh to your point that people are working together to make some change happen and uh she is very passionate about that as well and i think it, what the attitude that you have senator durbin in dealing with the issues and addressing the issues uh, is contagious and when you have that type of attitude on the hill people say man i need to follow what senator durbin is doing because he's well doing- i hope, I hope they <laughs> do. thank you uh, i hope I just, they do i think that's but- awesome Go ahead,
3: Senator. I just want to say that I know she, when she and I have worked on a lot of things. Please give her my best this evening. She is one of the strongest voices uh, in the United States Congress when it comes to standing up for uh, people who need a helping hand. She is one of the very best. We should never overlook the fact, though, that this president, President Barack Obama, has really set out uh, to uh, change the course of America. Uh, I was one of the early people who went to him and said, you ought to run for president. I wasn't a first by any means, but uh, I was the first senator to endorse him. And for 14 months, I was the only senator who endorsed him for president. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he made it. And I'm so proud of what he's done. Uh, and to oh, be there on the platform when he took the oath of office, put his hand on Abraham Lincoln's Bible, I thought, thank Thank you, God, for giving me a chance of seeing this this great moment uh, in America's history. Whoever the next president may be, and of course I have my favorite, uh, but whoever that president will be, we've got to make sure that they share those values, that they really want to stand up for working people and for people who are struggling. Folks that get up in the dark in the morning, go to work, come home in the dark in the evening. They need somebody who's caring for them in Congress.
1: No, oh, absolutely, and uh, we definitely honor the president on this program. We reached out actually to his office uh, in bringing him on this show uh, that we shine the light. We believe his accomplishments, in spite of the battles uh, and the resistance uh, up there, on uh, you know in in in, in Congress, uh, he has fought against all of those odds and made a, and has made some impact on this nation. Uh, so yeah, we definitely salute him as well.
3: Oh, well, I'll tell you something else.
1: He's, he's yeah. a patient
3: man. He's more patient than I would be. He Right now, he has a constitutional responsibility to fill the Supreme Court vacancy. Yeah. And the Senate Republicans have said, we will not let you do that, Mr. President. And I'm saying to myself, that isn't right. When he was elected, re-elected, uh, just a few years ago, by five million vote margin, the American people made him president. And they didn't say you're president uh, for three years. They said for four years. And now they're trying to stop him from his constitutional responsibility of filling this vacancy, and he is he is very calm about this. I'm not sure I would be as calm about it. Oh, absolutely. What's no,
1: no, without question. And we have uh, what, what's so ludicrous about the argument on the other side is that uh, they say, "Well, let the people speak of who they want to appoint the Supreme Court." Yes. Well, the people have They've spoken. spoken they, they did speak. Barack Obama as president. That's uh,
3: exactly uh, right. right.
1: Yeah, so it, it, you know, our thoughts, we'll be following that very closely. And, Senator Durbin, I, I am aware of your role, uh, in the, as a member of the judiciary. Um, we find it very important. I want to go back to one point that you said earlier that stuck with me. Uh, we're going to definitely respect the time. Uh, but this point I want to make to you. We said that the criminal justice system, uh, has issues far beyond the drug issues. Uh, crack cocaine, the things that you've done. Uh, president Obama, of course, being the first sitting president to actually go to prisons in the United States and to go down to yes. the confinement and talk to inmates. Let me ask you a question about this. And, Senator Durbin, what I'd like to do, uh, we're going to be back in Washington, D.C. at the end of May. Uh, and if, we, if you have an opportunity, given your busy schedule, we'd like to sit down and talk with you about an issue that we believe uh, has run rampant to the point you made earlier. And that is. The Judiciary Committee is there as an, and correct me if I'm wrong, as an oversight of judicial process. Whether people's rights have been violated, whether they have the the system. Um, we find through our investigation and our research that we are running into issues with white collar crimes. Uh, you remember when Eric Holder made the statement that there are a lot of people in prison for no criminal reason that, that's justified. Um, and we find that among the racial disparities, even among white-collar crimes, where you'll have somebody sentenced to six months for for uh, fraud or mail fraud or whatever, but then you get a minority group of business people um, that gets sentenced seven to 11 years for, the, for a less egregious crime. How do we address the white-collar issues? Because, you know, we say all the time, well, African-Americans are trying to embrace the entrepreneur spirit, but when they do it,
3: in some cases, they're
1: railroaded.
3: So we well, there's just that? no excuse for that. There's no excuse for it. Uh, you know that our system of justice, when it comes to white-collar crimes has to be the same as for every other uh, criminal prosecution there should be no discrimination against people because of their racial background or ethnic background uh... whatsoever and i'm sorry to say that in some places there are, there are disparities there is an injustice uh... and and that should come to an end uh... and it really comes down to the people that we name as u.s attorneys the people that we name as judges uh... you really have to seek uh... in their background some evidence I've often said to people before me who want these jobs as judges, you know, if I'm a poor person standing in a court without a lawyer, how would I look up at that bench and believe that you even care about me or even have an idea about me and what I've been through? And, you know, I ask that question, and, of course, everybody gives you the right answer. Well, I'll be different, and I'll, I'll, I'll really care. But I think about it all the time. Uh, and if the system of justice doesn't at least have the respect of people uh, because it is fair, then we have really missed one of the basics. Thank
1: you, Senator Durbin. And we're going to uh, – we gave Ben some information to pass on you regarding the IRP-6. I asked if you would please review that information. It's I will. A of what we're talking about, and if you need any other information, we'll be more than happy to forward that to you. I will. Uh, Congressman uh, – I mean, Senator Durbin, I'm sorry. We will uh, let you know when this show will air. We'll pass it on
3: to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's great being together with you. What a nice show. I enjoyed all the nice things you said. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Senator. Take care. You bet. Bye-bye.
1: And there you have it, Lisa. Um, Wow. A passionate uh, man that is really uh, concerned and no-nonsense when it comes to the judicial system of this country. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to follow up with him when we go to Washington here uh, in a few months. And uh, I'll tell you what, Senator Durbin is making a difference in the United States, Um, passionate about children, passionate about the hurts and the pains of people in this country. Yeah, Um,
0: very much out to help the everyday person and is. sincerely helped. yes he is i mean you can hear it in his voice that he's he's not just talking he's not just talking he's actually talking from his heart saying what he really feels so well, he
1: made the point that he speaks from experience losing a daughter uh, we saw that uh, that one had uh, in, in his in his history here uh, he had lost a, a daughter that had passed away i believe i would presume that's the daughter he alluded to uh, in that yes, conversation that
0: was, yeah they had the health problems that had the
1: health issues ladies and gentlemen of america and of illinois senator Durbin making a difference in our nation. We'll
4: be right back.
7: Here are 50 white guys. Here are 50 black guys. Here's how many white guys can expect to go to prison in their lifetime. The chances amount to 1 out of 17. Now, here's how many black guys can expect the same thing. The chances are 1 out of 3. Why? Lots of reasons. It's complicated. But one thing is clear, there's racial bias at every level of the criminal justice system. When blacks and whites commit the same kind of crimes, blacks are more likely to be arrested. Once arrested, they're more likely to be convicted. Once convicted, they're more likely to serve longer sentences. Look at the numbers in America's so-called war on drugs. About 14% of American drug users are black, as are about a quarter of drug sellers. Yet blacks are 34% of the people arrested for drug crimes. And those convicted of drug crimes, 46% are black. By the time we factor in sentencing, there are actually more black drug offenders than white ones in state prison and in federal prison. In the end, the incarceration rate for drug crimes is 10 times higher for blacks than it is for whites. These are the facts. Racial disparity in America's war on drugs is one big reason that one out of three black men can expect to go to prison in their lifetime.
1: For a kid whose mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now add a wrongful conviction to that, life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid should ever be faced with. Especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause today. 1-855-529-4252. We seek justice for the children As they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe. Not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. And I would assume the energy is in your home, in your den, at your kitchen table, as tonight as we have feasted, if you will, on a legend, Dennis, in our nation's capital with Senator Dick Durbin. I'll tell you, America, Senator. Uh, and your thoughts when you hear that interview... What, 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 what are you thinking about, Dennis, when you heard from the senator directly as we were blown away five minutes into the program talking about Senator Durbin? And when you hear him talk, it takes you to a whole nother level. Your thoughts, Dennis? Reality. <laughs>
2: I mean, that's the biggest thing I got out of it. Reality. And you're not it's talking all about realness. It's all about addressing real issues.
1: And I'll tell you, folks, Dennis is not referring to reality television uh, we're talking about real life situations.
4: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's awesome. And
1: uh, his heartfelt uh, uh, addressing the issues, the heartfelt sincerity, if you will, uh, kind of sticks with you. And you don't. You don't tend, if I'm not mistaken, it sounded like
4: the senator got a little emotional there when he was talking about these things, Cliff. Well, uh, he absolutely did, and, and the what he said he said i'll never forget my life experience and that those things touch his heart and that is what drives him to make the decisions that he makes that is what drives him to get the legislation uh you know done for for the things that he's working on i mean he made the statement he said that president congress the police prosecutors and judges have to acknowledge and take responsibility for the racial discrimination in the judicial system and that is what it takes for everybody to say you know what i am going to take my responsibility and i'm going to do what i can to fix this issue he's starting from he's like hey I, i am second in command in the democratic party when it, when it trickles down, when it trickles down, for me, it's going to be the right thing. All you have to do is follow suit when you're following Senator Dick Durbin. Well, absolutely. you know, couldn't be said uh, clearer than that. Dennis, you had another comment? And, and
2: what he said, we must first acknowledge that there is a problem.
1: Yes. And he said there before, is one.
2: Right. Before we fix it. And I'm telling you, I was like, yes, yes. We have to say we have a problem, and then knowing that we have one, We address it. And that's exactly what he's doing.
1: And and Absolutely, Dennis. And folks, this is not just someone, you know, a casual person making that statement. We're talking the second highest ranking member of the Democratic Party on Capitol Hill. Make no mistake about it. uh, He carries a big whip, no pun intended, as the minority whip leader uh, in our nation's capital. This is something that makes a big difference. I'll tell you he connects with people. We're gonna let you hear a clip of how the senator is connecting and what he's doing. Let's see what he had to say. Hey,
3: how are you? Good. Dick Durbin. You? What's your name? Right. Gene. Hi Gene. Good to see you You're off to work. How are you oh, doing, me, man? So much. Are you doing, you
2: know? How are you doing? Oh, I
3: can't complain. Oh, I gotta say hi. How are you? I was born and raised in East St. Louis, Illinois. My mother was an immigrant to this country from Lithuania. My father grew up on a farm. Southern Illinois, where my family's roots are, I love the folks down there. They're part of who I am. When I come up to Chicago, this city is so easy to fall in love with. It is a great city with so many great and diverse populations. We're going to pass it, Democrats and Republicans. I'm voting for it. You know I'm for it. Okay. Put it back on the floor. All right. Thank you. you he hears
6: about us, the working class family.
4: He's a stand-up
3: kind of a gang, and he'll tell you like it is. He's never been afraid to speak his mind to stand up for what's right.
0: That's why I stayed in politics, because I thought it should be down to earth to be a politician.
3: Can I say hello to you here? Senator Dick German. Yes, sir. What are you doing? Run a school? Good man. I love it. It's in my blood. If you don't like people, you shouldn't be in this business. The reason we're the great country that we are today is because we're a big family. And there are a lot of different people in our family. We come from different places, different religions, different cultures. When you bring them all together, a common purpose in making America a better place, you get the very best result. That's why we are an exceptional nation. My name is Dick Durbin. I'm the United States Senator from Illinois, and I'm honored to have this job.
1: When you hear that, Uh, (laughs) Wow, I mean, he's out there on the streets in Illinois shaking hands. And and he said, he said, when you bring all people together from every background, from every walk of life, you build America to what it is. And that is a place of freedom, democracy. And this Lisa, uh, Lisa and Cliff and Dennis, when you hear. These type of statements, and you hear the people speaking highly of the senator. He, he cares about us. He cares about our issues. He's concerned, and you can hear the sincerity of Senator Durbin. You don't have to be a genius to figure it out. I don't have to be a psychic. I don't have to try to guess who he is. He makes it very clear who he is. And as you said, alluded to, Dennis, the word real, reality. Awesome is that when you hear that.
2: Dennis, it's awesome. Uh, the comment where he said, "If you don't like people, yeah, you shouldn't be in this business." Uh, the reason why senators are voted in because we take confidence in this person to take our cares and and what we what we want done. You know, take it up to take it take it as high as it's got as high as it needs to go to make something happen, and and to hear him on the street. You know, just hey where are you going? You going to you're going to work, you know? Just down to earth. You can't, you can't you can't, you can't get no better than that. It doesn't get any better than
4: that. And, and and you know, uh he also said when he talking about, you know, if you don't like people you shouldn't be in this job. He said that he has tried to be the person that the American people can come to. Awesome. That you know, when he went to the Senate he's like yeah. the American people need someone to turn to that they can have confidence in And he said he's tried to be that person. And I I think he's doing a bang-up job of
1: it. Exactly. Well, I can tell you the trips we've taken to Washington, 50 round trips a year Senator Durbin has taken from Washington, D.C. to his hometown of Illinois. You're talking commitment, dedication, and a heart to serve. we said that before. And I believe another senator or congressman we had interviewed, Lisa, spoke to one issue. You have to be ready to serve. I believe that was Congressman Marino, that you are there to serve. That's right. We see this example with Congressman, uh, Senator uh, Durbin, serving, doing what needs to be done. We, and we're going to go down some of the things that, in legislation, he's currently working on, uh, uh, Bill, S, Bill S-780, Cameras in the Courtroom Act requires the Supreme Court to permit television coverage of all open sessions of the court unless it decides by majority vote that allowing such coverage in a particular case would violate the due process rights of any of the parties involved. Uh, This speaks to transparency. Yes. Because this is important. What are the Supreme Court justices doing? What is the process? Transparency is one of the key issues in this country of trust. As an American citizen, we have a right to see what our Supreme Court is doing because it shapes our nation. Their decisions are major impacts on the generations to come.
4: Right, and this this uh you know, this act builds off of the uh the other act of cameras in the courtroom that would be required by all federal uh all federal courts that every federal judge uh up to the Supreme Court judges Would you know have to have their their uh, courtrooms videotaped so that things could be seen by the American people? Say this is what this is the judge your president appointed. This is how they conducted themselves in the courtroom so that in the event that there is an issue that happens where. Uh, You know, a judge does some egregious act uh, Say, you know, force a a defendant on a stand uh, Make a statement You can't have your uh, transcript Your transcript is gone I don't see why you need it So that if and when those things are done That, like you said, Lamont The transparency is there And the the American people can go back and say Not only, you know, if, if you missed it in the transcript And it's not on the record there We have video footage Of the words that you said that violated Everything up to the constitutional rights of the American citizen, this will track that, this will uh you know archive it and to have a videotape of it so that everyone in America can not only know what the judge did but that can see them in the act of what have you done, how have you trampled over the Constitution when you break law and 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 I agree so much you know
2: with this with this bill, and you would think that. Everyone would, every congressman, every senator would jump on it because, in in light of the recent, you know, rise in exonerations and and you know the wrongful wrongful convictions. I mean, we need people. People need to know what's what's really going on. I mean, yes. what 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 are our judges doing? What are, how how are our prosecutors uh, acting in court? I mean, because. There's so many uh, misconduct, you know, that we don't see. But with those cameras, I'm telling you, Dick Durbin, Senator Dick Durbin, that is, I mean, that's applaudable. That's because we need that so that we can make sure that everyone is accountable for their actions. Yes.
1: No, and that's very, very important. And I think those issues, ladies and gentlemen of America, make no mistake about it, uh, these are the issues that our very future hinges on. Uh these decisions are decisions that affect uh your children, their children, and your current living situation. And we talked earlier, uh, Dennis, in regards to the senator's Senator Durbin's position on veterans. Yes. How much he cares about the service that has been given uh to, to the people of America and there was a there was something I learned yesterday in some steps he took that touched the lives of a family that'll really get to you. Let's hear what he had to say.
6: I was actually watching the news that day, and I heard a report about the Taliban claiming responsibility for the helicopter getting shot down in Afghanistan. My husband and his gunner were the only survivors. Tony uh, suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. There's really not much about our life that is the same. Senator Durbin passed a law that provided me with the resources and the training so that I am able to take care of Tony at home. I believe that for Dick Durbin, it's not about politics. He cares for veterans and their families. I believe it's absolutely a blessing that I'm able to take care of Tony in our home with our children where he feels loved. And um, that has meant the world to us.
1: Wow When you hear that
4: <laughs> Cliff what do you say I mean he, Well I mean you, you see that Senator Durbin is moved By uh, You know It's like the human spirit Human tragedy Human well being These are the things that he's moved by And that touches the heart of every American citizen uh, For you to be able to say That you know, I'm moved by my life experiences. I'm moved by the things that touch my heart and I will, I will move forward to make legislation, the past laws that say that the things that are important to the American people, the things that, you know, this woman, her heart was broken and Senator Durbin stepped in to say, I will pass a law to ensure that you have the means to 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 care for your loved one, I mean he took a personal position in this woman's life, not just okay, he didn't just look at the fact that well, how's this going to affect my district? How is this going to look if I try to pass this law what what will uh you know my quote unquote constituents say what will my colleagues say? He said, no, this woman, her heart is broken, she's in pain. She needs training because, like she said, nothing, there was little about their life that was the same. And he took a a personal interest in this woman's life and changed her and her husband's life forever. She will never forget. I guarantee you, never forget Senator Dick Durbin, no no matter how long he, uh, when he retires, no matter how long he's been out of Congress.
1: Well, what it says is the tsunami effect of the impact. You can hear it in the late... How do you forget human kindness that changed and altered your life in a moment of tragedy? Senator Durbin has stepped to the plate, and he's hit a home run. Make no mistake about it, he continues to do what needs to be done. He goes further in his bill, the Veteran Small Business Enhancing Act of 2015. The bill amends the Small Business Act to require the uh, task force that is responsible for coordinating federal efforts to improve the business development and federal contracting opportunities available to small business concerns owned and controlled by veterans and manage the distribution of excess of surplus u.s. property to small business concerns owned and controlled by veterans pursuant to the memorandum of understanding between the task force and the agency designated under state law as the agency responsible for fair equitable distribution through donation of transferred property. Taking steps to help veterans. To say, look, we will set something up that brings you into a position to succeed. We, we did a show uh, not too long ago, I believe it was Veterans Day, on, uh, not on Veterans Day, excuse me, but our Veterans being left behind. Senator Durbin is saying, not on my watch. Dennis, again, as we defer to you as a Veteran, what does that do to you, to the families of those that have fought for this country to know you have Senator Durbin, the second highest-ranking member of the Democratic Party, saying, I have your back?
2: You would hope that uh, every senator, every congressman was was like Senator uh, Durbin because uh, it's about action, not about talk. Uh, we, we got a lot of talk, you know, in, in the White House and – people saying stuff that, you know, I want to do this for the soldiers, I want to do this, and uh, but Senator Durbin is, is showing that he wants to do it. And I tell you, I echo what Cliff said about that, that young woman. She will never forget, as long as she lived, how he took her situation and created a law that so no other spouse would have to endure or go through Something without the ability to get training that they could be, you know, they could, they, they could become the breadwinner, you know, in, in the absence of their their spouse who who was injured serving this country. I tell you, uh, the, again, I, I just have to say it's so commendable what he's doing for veterans, because a lot of time veterans feel that no one really cares. But when you hear a story like that, that lets you know we got we got some senators out there that truly care. But we just got to get everybody on one sheet. Everybody's got to care, not just one. But I I commend Senator Durbin.
1: Well, I think it comes down to, folks, that the senator is about bipartisan. He's about crossing the aisle. He made the point on the criminal justice uh, reform situation that Bill, I mean, if you just run down some of the things that he's doing, the Fair Elections Now Act, the Crime Gun Tracing Act of 2015, Patriot Employer Tax Credit Act, uh, Urban Flooding Awareness Act, uh, Foreign Medical School Accountability Fairness Act, America's Red Rock Wilderness Act, Protecting Employees and Retirees in Business Bankruptcies Act, Excuse Me of 2015, Court Legal Access and Student Support Act of 2015. I mean, it goes on and on. The GI Education Benefit Fairness Act of 2015, folks. How many times, Cliff, Dennis, Lisa, did we hear fairness? Doing the right thing in those acts acts that he is sponsoring. Ladies and gentlemen, do not go anywhere as we will come back on the other side of this break. Tonight, as we are patriotic, as we think of the future of America, as we stand on the brink of an election and a change and transition of power, one thing is certain. Senator Dick Durbin will be among the best. And we have a champion that can champion for America. Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday continues with Senator Dick Durbin right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you a question? Did you know that there are over 2.4 million people behind bars in the United States? I'll ask you one more question. Were you aware that that is the highest number of people behind bars in the entire world the united states makes up of only five percent of the world's population but we have over twenty five percent of the world's prison population america prides itself on being the most advanced and progressive nation on earth however sadly we are also the world's most archaic. I'm gonna give you a personal invitation to get involved with the fight against mass incarceration. Take a few moments to call 1-855-529-4252. That is a just cause. And we fight for justice. Again, call a just cause today. Don't delay. Call one eight five 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 two nine. 4252, it is time, and I say high time, that we take America's incarceration seriously. Won't you join us? Call today.
7: I
0: can solve difficult problems for a Fortune 500 company. I can run a successful business.
6: I can manage your home improvements. I can publicize your message. I can motivate your audience. I can put my military experience to work for your company. I can teach your children.
7: I can boost your bottom line.
3: I can add value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee.
7: But I can't put my skills to work for your organization if I'm not given the opportunity. If you don't recognize my talents
0: and ability.
4: If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open mind and a workplace
6: that's open to everyone.
7: If you don't realize that America works best when everybody works.
4: What can you do? What can you do?
7: What can you do?
4: You can remember that it works.
7: It's what people can do. It's
4: what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at whatcanyoudocampaign.org. It. Just, it. Just get in
7: We'll talk about it. I've got to go home.
6: Oh, come on, Carrie. Don't We're going to a new place?
7: She wants to go home, right? <laughs> go home. You okay to drive? Yeah, fine. fine. For sure. Relax. What's a few beers? If you don't stop your friend
3: from drinking and driving, you're as good as dead. Drinking and driving can kill a friendship.
1: And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday, where tonight we have been overwhelmed, blown away and whatever adjective you can select as far as an impact that has happened here and across America and around the world, as we have highlighted Senator Dick Durbin. And I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you want to join into this conversation, uh, feel free to dial 347-838-8976 three four seven eight three eight eight nine seven six and i'll tell you right now folks we are excited about senator dick durbin i'll tell you a man a leader a champion a force and he is the minority whip leader of the democratic party here on capitol hill and i'll tell you what talking to him you would never know his rank was that high as he has engaged us and engaged america tonight with what the future holds for this nation Uh, And I'll tell you, uh, uh, Dennis and Cliff and Lisa, uh, you're talking about some high-powered information uh, that American people should be very encouraged about, that, wait a minute, perhaps our perception has absolutely been wrong when it comes to our officials. That has to be. Cliff, your thoughts on that?
4: Absolutely. And, you know, I often state that that's what we learn in our many trips up to Capitol Hill, is that uh, these people work tirelessly, some of them, tirelessly for the american people that they come in early they do their votes they you know they they tramp capitol hill continually going from their office to another member's office to to go vote to go up to the capitol building i mean we've walked from the senate side to the to the uh to the house side you do that in the middle of the summer or even in the middle of the winter just that walk alone uh it it gets to you after a few times and to watch them do that and to know that they've done that and then when you're talking about seven o'clock at night, they'll come back to their office and say, "I'll meet with you." And the the level of professionalism, the way that they're so cordial, uh, like like you know, they're just they're they're just fresh for the morning. That's how they treat you when they come to talk to you after they've had a complete busy day, you know, fourteen, uh, fifteen hours of work, and then they come and will sit down with you and take the time like you're their first appointment of the day. And it gave me a new perspective to say. This, it's not just what you see on C-SPAN In that few minutes when they're, when they're up Making their argument about a, a particular piece of legislation It's not just what you see on Fox or MSNBC The members of Congress are doing work We cannot just take what we see in the news And say, well, you know, that's just what they do They argue and they don't get anything done That is the farthest thing from the truth And, uh, you know, it, it's my pleasure to be a part of Spotlight on Capitol Hill Because when you have members such as uh, senator Dick Durbin To be able to bring it to light To show the American people This is what's going on This is what our members of Congress Are actually doing This is the work they're getting done it, It's it's wonderful No, absolutely
1: And I'll tell you uh, The Senator goes further Even in helping the children Of our veterans uh, With the GI Education Benefit Fairness Act Of 2015 And states that the bill expands The definition of children for purposes of provisions allowing members or former members of the uniformed services who served on active duty for specified periods beginning on or after September 11, 2001, to transfer the entitlement to educational assistance to mean an unmarried person who was placed in legal custody of a member or former member by court order for at least 12 consecutive months, has not attained the age of 21, Has not attained the age of twenty-three and is enrolled in full-time course of study at an institution of higher learning is incapable of self-support due to mental or physical uh, incapability that occurred while such person was dependent of the member or former member uh, is is dependent on the member or former member for over half of his or her support resides with the member or former member unless separated due to military service or institutionalization. For a disability and is not a, de- a dependent of a member or former member under any other provision defining dependent. He is trying to do here, Dennis, and uh, we refer to our veteran uh, host tonight to say we want to make sure that if there is a person connected in any way to a member of our armed services, Let's give back and do. How does that make you feel as a veteran?
0: It's awesome. I mean,
1: how do you. This, look, we said it before that the member. member I'm sorry, Dennis. I'll let you finish no, no, your no, statement. No. Go ahead. It,
2: it, it's awesome. I, I work with some uh, uh, war veterans, and, uh, you know, they, 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 their big thing is, you know, hey, I can actually turn over my GI Bill to my child, and that, that child could go to college. That is awesome, because sometimes, you know, these guys get out, they're, they're injured, uh, they they're, they don't want to go to college, but it's so nice that they can pass that on to their children. That's, that's college can be expensive, well, and, with a,
1: and with that GI Bill, that that is just great. I, I mean, what do you say about Senator Durbin? <laughs> I mean, he is about not only today's veterans, the children of tomorrow, uh, has another thing we talked about before, the, all the uh, the uh, news about concussions and these things that are happening in sports. He's involved with that. Protecting student-athletes from Concussions Act of 2015. Bill requires each state that receives funds under the Elementary and Secondary Education Act of 1965 and that does not meet the requirements for the prevention and treatment of concussions set forth in this act as of a date of enactment of this act to enact legislation or or issue regulations establishing such requirements by the last day of the fifth full fiscal year after such a date. It requires each local educational agency in the state to develop and implement a standard plan for concussion safety. Again, uh, Cliff, addressing the human spirit of America, life, death, medical, illness, prosperity, uh, you name it, well, you might as well call Senator Durbin the humanitarian of America. That's it. I mean,
4: it is it is the resounding and uh, underlying factor of everything that he does. It is a, with him it is about civil rights of the American people. That every piece of legislation that he deals with is about the advancement of the American people, not about the advancement of Senator Dick Durbin, not about the advancement, you know, of of Congress or whatever. But about the advancement of the American people, and it is it is obvious when you look at the laws and the acts that uh, that he's a part of that he is about the American people. But that is why his colleagues continue to vote him Absolutely. in. Absolutely, uh, you know, every two years it's like there. Nobody nobody would do it better than uh, than he would. There's an old saying that do your job so well that nobody else could do it better than you. Dick Durbin he fits the bill on that. Well, and, and on that note. Uh,
1: his colleagues believe, it's one thing if you believe nobody can do it better. The only one I know of that level was Michael Jordan. And uh, I'll tell you what, we now crossed the lines here with Senator Dick Durbin. Basically, his colleagues are saying nobody does it better. Uh, and, again, the only person I compare that to, Cliff, is Michael Jordan. His, his, his people said, you know what, nobody does it better. Dick Durbin couldn't be, in, and Senator Durbin could not be in better company when it comes to the best. And uh, I'll tell you, man, that's awesome stuff. Uh, he goes further here, uh, Cliff, as we talk about his spirit, his humanitarian spirit. Uh, and this is actually a bill. The bill amends, uh, it's a bill to amend the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 to prohibit employment of children and tobacco-related uh, agriculture by deeming such employment as oppressive child labor. Okay, he's saying, look, hey, do you know the tobacco industry makes billions of dollars a year? He says, but you're not going to put children at risk in any related tobacco uh, type of an organization. He, th- he does that. I mean, awesome stuff there. He goes further as we go down, uh, again, with something that we could never cover, uh, all of his achievements and things that he's doing. Uh, he has the student loan borrower bill of rights. Uh, the bill amends the Truth in Lending Act to require post-secondary educational leaders lenders, excuse me, to disclose to borrowers at least 30 days before the first fully, uh, before the first full payment on their loan is, is, is due, certain information concerning the terms of the loan, the date on which the first payment is due, the name of the lender, the servicer, and certain contact information, a description in a, uh, of alternative repayment plans. He's saying give the students opportunities and alternatives. There's a lot of folks out here, folks, that are giving money to students, but guess what? They don't tell you to read the fine print uh, of those loans. Senator Durman, again, not only is he protecting children, he now protects young adults, teenagers that are going to college, that are doing things to try to better themselves. And look, we're not going to make that an issue, and we're not going to abuse our citizens because they choose an education. Cliff, when you hear that, with all the talk about student loans and all the things that are going on, Senator Durbin
4: steps to the plate again. That's right. He's, he's considering uh, everybody all the way. Because you look at it, you say, okay, the those students who, who take out loans to go to college, they are going to be the future professionals. They're going to be the ones who are running the economy. You don't want that group of people with, uh, I mean, student loans are out of control. The cost of education has skyrocketed. It skyrocketed enormously. You don't want that to be the deterrent factor for uh, you know, these young people when they when they get jobs to say, you know what, <laughs> if I if I get a job and start earning a wage, the government's gonna garnish sixty percent, seventy percent of my wage because of these student loans. Has to be something that is dealt with up front that gets nipped in the bud and uh Senator Durbin is is handling that, looking into the future and say we have to ensure that our young people have a, a road, a route to deal with this, uh, you know, I call it an epidemic. We we got to do something about these student loans. They are, the cost of college is way too high as far as I'm concerned. Well,
1: I mean, and he, look, again, this is not only about the student loans. This is about the economy of the United States of America of tomorrow. Because if I'm not bogged down with the student loan, as Cliff alluded to, paying this, all this, and and the unfair acts that are involved with that, how can I be motivated for the entrepreneur spirit in this country? That's true. This all goes to the future of a nation. That is the big picture, and folks need to look at it that way. And and to that point, Cliff, uh, the Fairness for Struggling Student Act. I mean, he goes there again. Mm -hmm. For struggling students, the bill uh, revises federal bankruptcy law with respect to the exemption from the exception to discharge in bankruptcy for certain educational loans. If accepting such debt from discharge would impose an undue hardship hardship, excuse me, on the debtor and a debtor's dependent, it limits such exemptions to the existing ones for an educational benefit, benefit over payment or loan made, insured or guaranteed by a governmental unit or made under any program funded in whole or in part by a governmental unit and an obligation to repay funds received from a governmental unit as an educational benefit, scholarships. It repeals the current exemption. I mean, he goes further to continue to say, "Look, you're not gonna. We're not gonna break the backs of America's young people." I mean, and that's that. As you see, this bill is similar to the other, but it's enhancement to the other. That means Senator Durbin is connected. He is engaged. He's not just going. Let's pass this bill and be done. No, let's build upon what we're doing. Dennis, your thoughts on that one?
2: <laughs> exactly. I'm sure the uh, college students are like, "Wow." Uh, appreciate it because i tell you debt it, it, college going to college is expensive
7: yes no matter
2: how you look at it i mean it's going to cost you some money and uh there's a lot of programs out there that are, that, that our children could take advantage of but i'm telling you uh the senator's doing great things
4: and then he, he even goes further when he uh you know as the immigration and the and the uh, and the dream act uh you know he he states when he comprises his act. He says, the United States is a nation of immigrants, comprised of people and the descendants of people who came to our country from all over the world seeking a better life. Yet our immigration system is broken and in need of comprehensive reform. I was a member of the Senate gang of eight, four Democrats, four Republicans that drafted comprehensive immigration reform legislation, which passed the Senate on a strong bipartisan vote of 68 to 32 in 2013. There's that bipartisan reaching across the aisle again, but He says the DREAM Act, which was first introduced in 2001, would allow a select group of immigrant students with great potential to contribute more fully to America. These young people known as DREAMers were brought to the U.S. as children and have overcome great obstacles obstacles to succeed. DREAMers are the future doctors, engineers, teachers, and soldiers who will make this country stronger. The the Center for American Progress and the Partnership for a New American Economy have concluded that passing the DREAM Act would add $329 billion to our economy and create 1.4 million new jobs by 2030. So there he is again. He says, every young person, student, child deserves the right to a good education and to be allowed to be a viable uh, member of society. So, you know, you you have some that says, oh, well, if you're if you're a uh, illegal immigrant, if you uh, came here, your parents, you know, uh, came here, or brought you here as a child, then you go back to where you came to as well. Senator Durbin says, no, these are children who have overcome obstacles, who want to be educated, who want to, uh, you know, add something to the American economy and to to be able to add three hundred and twenty nine billion dollars to our economy and create one point four million jobs. That That is uh, I a mean, wow. I mean, look, people
1: say wow all the time. That's a true wow of what Senator Durbin is doing. And, folks, uh, we don't have enough time in a day, Lisa, as we have said before. Uh, we don't have enough time in a day to actually speak to that issue. How do we condense all of that and uh, and, and say it's impossible for what this man is doing? He's all over the place.
0: You can't condense that many years, Lamont. That's not possible. <laughs> This oh. man's been in Congress for too many years for you to condense all that. There's no way. You'd have to do multiple shows. This is awesome. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in Illinois tonight, it's
1: 42 degrees, cloudy, but there's no snow or rain falling. Folks, grab your patriotic flag. Run around the block. Senator Durbin is doing some things in, on Washington, D.C. and on Capitol Hill, and I'll tell you, you got it right. Get patriotic tonight, Illinois. We salute you on AJC Radio as Senator Durbin has proven to be a champion and continues to impact the nation we're coming right back spotlight on capitol hill thursday hang in there will you
5: we're coming right back when does it stop being partly cloudy and start being partly sunny why is the word abbreviation so long are english muffins just muffins in england why is it called a washing line and not a drying line Do fish get thirsty? If ghosts can walk through doors, why don't they fall through floors? Do you yawn when you sleep? If prunes are dried plums, how do they make prune juice? Why do doctors leave the room when you change? They're going to see you naked anyway. Do board chefs wear hairnets? How much deeper would the ocean be if all the sponges were taken out? Do you believe someone who says they're a chronic liar? Why is sandwich bread square and sandwich meat round? Life's full of hard questions. Ask one more. You might just save a life.
1: Ladies and gentlemen of America, it is that time of year again. Let's Talk kicks off Tuesday, March 15th at 7 p.m. at 451 Windshine Place, sponsored by Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. We will be featuring Michelle Newell, Deputy Public Defender, right here in El Paso County. She will be addressing mass incarceration, criminal justice reform, judicial accountability, and one of her passions... Treating versus gelling the mentally ill. Folks, this is something you don't want to miss. Give us a call, 855 529 4252, extension 710. Folks, let's talk kicks off now. We'll see you there.
6: Odds of becoming an astronaut 1 in 13,200,000. Odds of being struck by lightning 1 in 576,000. Odds of dating a supermodel 1 in 88,000. Odds of following a perfect game 1 in 11,500. Odds of being trapped in an elevator, 1 in 24,528. Odds of catching a ball at a major league game, 1 in 563. Odds of an injury from shaving, 1 in 6,585. Odds of tripping while texting, 1 in 10. Odds of getting cancer in your lifetime, 1 in 2 men, 1 in 3 women.
7: It's up to us to change the odds for
6: our generation,
4: for the ones we love, for our future.
6: If you don't like the odds, stand up. Stand up to cancer.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. This is AJC Radio. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, Dennis Merritt, and the entire AJC Radio team. And tonight, folks, we have, uh, what do you say, the bar's been raised, Lisa, tonight. As we have said, it gets better and better every time we keep going. And uh, I'll tell you what, the bar's been raised. And Senator Dick Durbin has set that bar of what he is doing, the impact he is having, And we are thankful for uh, we'd like to give our very special thanks to Senator Durbin for giving agency radio that interview tonight. It's been absolutely amazing. Uh, I'll tell you what, when we go home tonight, folks, I guarantee your sleep may be a little delayed as the patriotic moment will have to fade off. Dennis, as we have seen some good things uh, that Dennis, uh, excuse me, that uh, Senator Durbin is doing. Your thoughts, uh, closing thoughts on Senator Durbin.
2: My closing thoughts are it's not about the political party. It's about the people. And that's what I got out of all everything we talked about tonight about Senator uh Durbin. Just awesome. Commendable. Keep doing what you're doing.
1: Well that statement, Dennis, may have to put you in the presidential race, uh, because that's the mode that needs to be going as a uh as an veteran of what you're talking about. We appreciate that. Cliff, your closing thoughts on this senator and this champion of Capitol Hill.
4: I think one of the uh most important things that uh I've heard tonight when i mean it just it has stuck with me when he said i'll never forget my life experience there you go and those things touch my heart and that is what drives him with his legislation with his law with everything that he does on capitol hill and and you look at it uh he's been he's been prosperous not because of his position but because of the things that he has accomplished and because his colleagues and the american people have said We trust Senator Dick Durbin to hold the position that he has held since 2005 as being the uh, the the Democratic second in command. Yes. Yes, Lisa, your thoughts on the
1: champion, the scorpion, the whip, if you will, of Capitol Hill. Your thoughts on closing thoughts on Senator Durbin?
0: Well, I just think that we're lucky as a nation to have someone like that in office. We're very lucky because he doesn't work for just his own people, for just his own constituents. He works for the nation, and he cares for the nation, and we're so, so grateful and lucky to have someone like him.
1: Absolutely, and thank you, Senator Durbin, for your service to America and to the the people of America and this great nation. We appreciate it, and we salute you tonight here on Spotlight on Capitol Hill. And I'll tell you what, folks, uh, join us every Thursday for Spotlight on Capitol Hill as we shine the light on members of congress who are making a difference well ladies and gentlemen it's about that time the irp6 what you didn't know about the irp6 story who are they dave zapolo demetrius harper david banks kendrick barnes clinton stewart and gary walker wrongfully convicted for a crime they never committed tonight we ask the tough questions we seek for the answers RP6. What you didn't know starts right now. Some people think that business is a game, and what we have learned is that business
0: actually is war. When they wanted people to sign non-disclosure agreements and all that kind of stuff, sometimes they didn't want to do it. It's strange to me. I think it's still strange. It just absolutely makes no sense. Is this? really real? Is this happening? Mm. And then all of a sudden, your whole life is ripped apart.
1: What we have learned is that the RP6 story was supposed to be the American dream is an American nightmare. They were floored that uh, they were even being raided.
7: Um, it became very clear that the court appointed attorneys were not working for the guys. Um, and it seemed like in many cases that they were um, collaborating or working with the prosecution. We constantly hear in the
6: news, every week, you're going to hear about another person won't fully convicted. And this is a unique case in the sense that you have six men, six businessmen, that had been wrongfully
0: convicted, you would think the media would jump all over it. Justice is not fair anymore. They say justice is supposed to be blind. It's not blind. It's not blind. They pick and choose who they want to convict and who they want to send to jail.
1: Is this happening in America? The American dream of the rp 6 has turned into a nightmare. Crying children left behind as a result of a corrupt system and corruption. We will seek and search for justice. We will ask the tough questions. We will demand answers. As justice lays idle in the streets of America, we look for the answer. Ladies and gentlemen, go out to change.org, sign the petition now. America's future depends on it. What you didn't know about the IRP-6, what you didn't know is that the IRP-6 are six men who were wrongfully convicted, not for a crime, not for an infraction, not for something that was just wrong, but actually the opposite, for debt. Because they owed a bill with every intention to pay. Had the opportunity, had the doors opening pending business was on its way what you didn't know was that the u.s attorney's office federal u.s attorney's office matthew curse and john walsh decided to over criminalize a debt case cliff give the folks a little bit of information of what they didn't know
4: you know the, the debtors prison it got done away with a long time ago in America, and it's not just us saying that. You know, the IRP Solutions case is about debt. The the uh, the FBI agent who was the lead on the case, uh, Agent John Smith, in open court, said, "Yeah, if 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 the debt had been paid, that this case never would have gone." I want to you court. to stop right there. Say that again. Say that again. The the lead FBI investigator on this case, Agent John Smith said that if the if this debt had been paid, that the case never would have made it to court. Wow. And so how does it become a federal crime because you, you didn't pay your bill on time? Everyone in this room at some point in time has fallen on hard times, I'm sure. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Uh, I look around the table and the, these people that uh, I know, same situation. At some point, you know, you you may not have paid your bill not not because you said hey I'm just not going to pay, and in the IRP six uh, case, IRP Solutions had the uh, the business engagement on the table in Philadelphia. They said we were ready to sign the contract till we heard from Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch that an indictment was going to come down. How do you know an indictment is coming down and a grand jury has not been impaneled? But then for the FBI agent who was the lead investigator on the case say. If the bills had been paid, it wouldn't even be in court. How did Judge Christine Arguello then accept the charges for an indictment when it was all about debt? It makes absolutely no sense, and it's not just us saying it. We've had retired uh, prosecutors, retired judges, people in the judicial process that have looked at this case and said, where is crime in this case well i'll tell you what to allude to that point cliff
1: uh i'll tell you right now it was not something that simply the rp6 just didn't choose to pay it was normal practice in the staffing agencies That's right and an expert witness what you didn't know was denied the right to testify to that fact
4: yes that andrew alvarelli was going to testify to the fact that all of the business dealings that IRP Solutions have with the staffing companies that they engage with, that these were typical and proper business practices that happen in the staffing industry every day. Who's Andrew Albarelli? He is the uh, CEO of a staffing agency in Denver, Colorado, and has, has almost 20 years of experience doing that, and said that the way that IRP Solutions did business with these staffing agencies was absolutely above board. It's the way that... Business is conducted well, well
1: there you have it folks This is what you didn't know Join us each program every every Tuesday and Thursday For what you didn't know And there were people responsible For the wrongful conviction of these men The perpetrators of justice We have
0: U.S. Attorney John Walsh Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch Assistant U.S. Attorney Sunita Hazra, Attorney Greg Goldberg Federal Judge Christine Arguello Appellate Judge Jerome Holmes Appellate Judge Bobby Baldock. Appellate Judge Harris Hart. Federal Judge R. Brooke Jackson. Magistrate Judge Craig Schaefer. Court Reporter Darlene Martinez. FBI Agent John Smith. FBI Agent Robert Mowen. Former Federal Agent John Epke. Former Federal Agent Gary Hillberry, Attorney Thomas Goodreed, Attorney Clifford Varnard. Attorney Thomas Richards. Attorney Robert Berger. Attorney Mitchell Baker. Attorney Boston Staten Jr. Attorney Rick Cornfield, Attorney Mark Garrigo, Susan Holland of ETI Professionals, and Samuel K. Thurman.
1: Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The perpetrators of justice continue to run to be free in this nation, but we seek justice, and we will continue to. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Folks, go to AJCRadio.com to hear this program, and all the programs are archived at that website. And we appreciate you for being a part of AJC Radio spotlight on Capitol Hill. We want to give a very special thanks to Senator Dick Durbin, the champion of champions on Capitol Hill, making a tsunami impact on this nation. We thank you. We thank your staff and your kindness shown to us in Washington,
4: D.C. Cliff? Yes, I want to say thank you to everyone in the chat room. Uh, all of your comments and questions are very much appreciated. want well, to thank everyone for uh, listening in tonight. also want to say thank you to our production crew, K&D Productions, Captain Kyle and Dustin Jackson, helping out their skills girl in the control room, making sure you hear what it is that we have to say. Also, to our production support team, they bring us accurate, up-to-date information so we can pass that along to you. And to the truth, we know you're out there. We appreciate it. And thank you, Cliff, for that,
1: folks. If you're feeling good tonight, wrap up tonight in an American blanket, a sheet, anything that makes you feel patriotic. This has been Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday as we have shined the light on Senator Dick Durbin. Folks, you don't want to miss next week. We're coming back, a surprise in waiting on Spotlight on Capitol Hill. We thank you tonight, America. Join us next time on AJC Radio as we continue to bring the message of justice all around the world. We'll see you next time. Good night, America. Good night. Good night.
3: I would like to say that on Tuesday, I I was pleased to chair a hearing in the Judiciary Subcommittee on Constitution, Civil Rights, and Human Rights. It took a look at the state of civil rights in America today. We heard compelling testimony from our colleagues Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey, Congressman Luis Gutierrez of Illinois, and Congressman Keith Ellison of Minnesota. Civil rights leaders like Wade Henderson and Laura Murphy, and Dr. Cedric Alexander, who's chair of the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives. It was a powerful hearing. We talked about Michael Brown of Ferguson, Missouri, Eric Garner of Staten Island, and the growing sentiment across our nation that the criminal justice system needs to be improved. In particular, we talked about challenges that our our nation faces when it comes to restoring the trust of the minority communities in our government. Every witness, every senator at the hearing agreed we need to do more, not just bring our hands, but to hold hands together and find solutions. One issue that we discussed at the hearing was the need for law enforcement to be more transparent. And we discussed important legislation called the Death in Custody Reporting Act that would mark a significant step forward when it comes to transparency. The death in would take the simple step of requiring states and federal law enforcement agencies to report to the Department of Justice basic statistical information regarding deaths that occur in law enforcement custody. This would include information about the name of the deceased, when the death occurred, how it occurred, and which agency was involved. It would apply when a person is being arrested or detained by local, state, or federal law enforcement, and when a person is incarcerated. The bill also directs the Attorney General to study this information and provide recommendations on how these uh, these deaths can be reduced. It seems like such a simple matter to require accurate information to be collected. And in fact, Congress used to require that information, but it expired in 2006. As a result, we've not had accurate national statistics regarding death in incarceration and custody. Last week, the Wall Street Journal reported that it surveyed police departments about deaths that occurred in police custody between 2007 and 2012 and found that more than 550 550 deaths occurred during that time and were not included in national statistics.